filler in business books and audiobooks takes up time that you don't have. You're here because you want the golden nuggets from each book without all the BS. The more you learn, the more power you have to affect the world around you. This is the Cut the Crap Podcast. Never read a book again. And here's your host, Ryan Calagiri. What's going on, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Cut the Crap Podcast, where week after week, I'm condensing business books down to their core golden nuggets, saving you time from having to read it yourself. Again, if you want to read the book, be my guest, pick it up. But if you don't have the time, that's what I'm here for. You guys, if you want the summaries from each episode, I know you have it in podcast format, but if you want to get it in a physical PDF format, go to cutthecrappodcast.com and sign up for the weekly summaries. All I need is your first name, last name, and email address, and I'll make sure that gets into your inbox once every month. Now, I said monthly as opposed to weekly because I received some feedback from a lot of you listeners who said, you know what? We don't need to get emails from you every single week. Just give us the summaries once a month, and that makes us happy. So because I received a great deal of feedback around that, I just want to make sure I'm listening to you guys and I'm not annoying you by spamming your inbox. So I'll send it to you guys once every month. If you guys want access to them at any time, you guys can access them through the website. All you need to do is put in the password that I'll send to you once you subscribe. And uh, if you don't know the password, just go back into your inbox and look for any emails that I sent you. Password should be in there, you guys. All right, so what book are we doing this week? This week we're doing a book called Implementing Value Pricing, A Radical Business Model for Professional Firms by Ron Baker. Now, for anybody who's looking to get a little bit more creative with their pricing, if you're trying to create more of a competitive atmosphere by changing how you price, this book's for you. Implementing value pricing demonstrates a superior model to price for professional services. Selling intellectual capital with pricing based on the results and value it creates, not the cost or time it took to formulate. All right, you guys, there's four golden nuggets that I took away from this book, so let's crack right into this one. Golden nugget number one. What is value-based pricing? Value-based pricing is based on the belief that the optimal price for a product or service is a reflection of the value a consumer perceives in that product or service. So a consumer's perception of value, it's also based on their needs, their preferences, expectations, financial ability, and what the competitor offers. So if you're a value-based pricing organization, you consider the value of your products or services as opposed to the cost of actually creating or producing it. Now, let me give you an example. If you produce software for an organization, if your software is going to make your clients money or it's going to save them money and you're able to quantify that, then it enables you to do value-based pricing a lot easier. If you're going to charge your customer $100,000 for your software, but it's going to save them $200,000, then it's very easy to charge $100,000. Now, if you were cost-based, for example, it might only cost you $15,000 to produce that software. But if they're saving $200,000, do you necessarily feel bad about charging them $100,000? It's about focusing on the value, not the amount of time you put into actually creating or producing that product, that service, that offering, whatever it is that you're bringing to the marketplace. Golden nugget number two, what are the disadvantages of hourly billing? Well, there's a number of disadvantages with hourly billing that are shared in the book. Hourly billing It misaligns the interest of the professional and the customer. The customer wants their work done effectively, whereas the firm wants to log more hours. Hourly billing does not focus on what the customers buy. Customers buy value. They don't buy hours. Hourly billing focuses on efforts, inputs, hours, costs, activities, rather than outputs, results, and value. 
Hourly billing, it transmits no useful information as to value, project management, the effectiveness of professionals, or the future behavior of customers. Hourly billing encourages the hoarding of hours and decreases delegation, leading to surgeons piercing ears. Hourly billing commoditizes a firm's intellectual capital into one inadequate hourly rate, denying a firm the opportunity to differentiate itself from its competition. Hourly billing does not take into account the risk the firm is assuming working for customers. Risk is not priced by the hour. Hourly billing does not set prices up front, violating the law of economics and consumer psychology. Customers want to compare value to price before they buy, not after. And finally, hourly billing. It diminishes the quality of life. No one became an accountant to bill the most hours, but rather to help people, to help businesses. Knowledge workers, they resent having to account every five minutes of their day as if their leaders don't trust them to do the work and do the right thing. So there's a lot of negative takeaways from doing hourly billing. So if there's so many negatives to hourly billing, why not try value pricing? So what are some of the benefits of value pricing? Let's get into that right now. Golden nugget number three. What are the benefits of value pricing? Value pricing manages, clarifies, and offers the firm the ability to exceed the customer's expectations. Value pricing pre-qualifies the customer to ensure they're a good fit for the firm. Value pricing, it projects confidence and experience as opposed to being unable to inform the consumer of an upfront price. Value pricing increases a customer's switching costs, increasing their loyalty and long-term profitability and commitment to you. Value pricing forces the firm, your firm, to be effective in project management and getting the work done within a specified period of time. Again, this benefits the customer as well. Value pricing overcomes customers' pricing emotions and maximizes the firm's pricing leverage. Value pricing benefits you in the way that your fixed price agreement prices can be increased each year, even if there are no changes in services. It's just so much easier to increase the price of a customized fixed price agreement rather than increasing your hourly rate by, let's say, 10 to $15 per hour. And finally, my most favorite, value pricing provides a competitive differentiation for your firm when you offer customers certainty in price and less risk when dealing with you. Now, the company that I talked to on Thursday, they implemented value pricing to do exactly that. They wanted to have differentiation by having a more competitive pricing structure, a more competitive pricing model, and this is a big part to their growth strategy. Can't wait to share that one with you guys, actually, but we'll get more into that one later on. So clearly there's a lot of benefits when value pricing. So now how do we do that? The last golden nugget. This is a really big golden nugget. Golden nugget number four. How do you implement value pricing? All right, here we go. First, it starts with a conversation with your customers to determine their needs and wants in the coming year. Now this is usually the job of a salesperson or a sales leader who will ask the client discovery-based questions like, what do you need from us this year? What is your current pain? What keeps you up at night? How do you see us helping you address these specific challenges and opportunities, etc., etc.? When asking these questions, this is your opportunity to comprehend and communicate the value you can add, establishing the scope of value and then the scope of work to be performed. Now, the information that you collect from your conversation with the customers is then presented to your value council. Now, you're probably asking, what the heck's a value council? Well, your value council is a name that Baker gives to the team responsible for setting the prices in your organization. As you present the information to these people, your value council, you should give them three options at three levels of service. 
very similar to how American Express does it with their own green, gold, and platinum cards. All three levels have different prices based on the value and services they deliver. Now, the reason it's important to give options and not a take it or leave it single price to your customer is because it gives them flexibility as well as an opportunity to convince themselves of the value they're getting while at the same time revealing their individual price sensitivity. Now, the Value Council, they'll go through a list of 20 questions to ask before establishing a price. Those 20 questions are, bear with me here, but it's important. Number one, what is the customer's cost of not solving this problem in dollars? Number two, what is the economic benefit to the customer if they solve the problem? Number three, with whom on the organization chart are we dealing with? Number four, who referred this customer to us? Why were they referred in the first place? Number five, do they have any time-sensitive deadlines for the completion of this project? Why do they need to do it now or not in six months? Number six, who's paying for the service? Are they spending other people's money? Number seven, do we have any competitors? If so, who? Number eight, what price information do we have about these competitors? Number nine, how profitable is the customer's company? How long have they been in business for? Number 10, have they engaged with someone else prior to us to do similar work? Who is the prior firm and why are they changing? Number 11, how sophisticated is the customer? Number 12, does this customer add to the firm's skills or markets? Number 13, do we like this customer? Number 14, how do we help reduce the customer's risk? Number 15, at what price would this be so expensive to the customer that they would not consider buying it? Number 16, at what price would this be expensive, but the customer would most likely still buy it? Number 17, at what price does this become inexpensive? Number 18, at what price does this become so inexpensive, the customer would question its value? Number 19, what price would be the most acceptable price to pay? And number 20, what costs can we afford to invest in at the target price and still earn an acceptable profit? And at what price would we walk? Now, those 20 questions, while there's a lot of them, and it might be a pain in the butt to ask yourself all those questions, I strongly encourage you do that. Now, why? The reason is very simple. It's going to get you to a deeper understanding of the current state that the customer or prospect is in, and it's going to allow you to approach pricing in a more strategic fashion. I really hope that you see the value in asking those 20 questions when you're deciding on pricing strategies, when you're deciding on pricing. It's so incredibly important. So based on the answers to those questions, the council then comes up with three internal prices for each level of service based on their assessment of the customer's subjective value and price sensitivity. Now, those three internal prices will be a reservation price. So below this price, the firm would turn down the work. It must get this price. At this price, the company will generate a normal profit. Two, you have a hope for price. A firm should get this price more often than not. It will generate a super normal profit. And number three, a pump fist price. (laughs) This is an aspirational price. When the firm is adding extraordinary value, it will generate a windfall profit. Next, what I want you to do is create a four by four grid with reservation price, hope for price, and pump fist price on the top with platinum, gold, and green on the side. And from there, what I want you to do is I want you to outline your prices in each box. So your reservation price, I want you to have a price in platinum, gold, and green for your hope price, platinum, gold, and green for your pump fist price, your platinum, gold, and green. 
Now, from this brainstorming session, the pricing council then determines at which price the three options will be presented. Obviously, not all nine prices are going to be presented to the customer. If you know the customer is highly price sensitive, you may only present the reservation price for all three options. However, if there are some services that are adding high marginal value, a hope for price may be quoted for the gold and platinum levels. If extraordinary value is being created, quote the pump fist price. This is where the art of pricing comes into play. It requires judgment, but the more the value council does it, the better at it they'll get since pricing, it's also a skill. Now, it's interesting to note that firms that use this model, they report that it makes them compete with themselves. To receive a pump fist price, the firm must conjure up ways to add extraordinary value. It forces them to drive innovation. It forces them to deliver more benefits. Now, that's a very cool side effect to this whole pricing mechanism. So once you're there, next you need to present the options to the customer. Sometimes a member of the value council should attend this presentation, especially if the person in charge is not a member of the council or if they're uncomfortable discussing pricing. Next, the option selected by the customer is then codified into a fixed price agreement where the firm can then include as much detail as required as to the scope of work, the customer responsibility to provide information, timelines for delivery, etc. Now, it's important to note that if a firm finds scope creep while performing the work, the customer needs to be informed, given the option of how to proceed, and a change order needs to be issued if the firm is going to perform any additional work. This policy also applies to any new services the firm provides within the year not specified in the fixed price agreement. Now, this whole idea of scope creep is one of the biggest challenges that comes with value pricing. And my interview on Thursday talks a little bit more about the issue of scope creep and how they were able to get across it. So while this golden nugget was very long, I hope that by going through it, you're able to see just how easy value pricing truly can be. It's not complex. It's not difficult to do. All you need to do is truly go through this process and go through it multiple times. The one thing that I'm truly getting from the book is that this is something that might be difficult to do at first, but you get better and better at it as you go along. It's an art. It's a skill. It takes time to learn. But as you implement value pricing more frequently with your clients, you're going to get better at it. And as you get better at it, you're going to create more competitive differentiation for yourself. You're going to increase your margins. There's so many benefits to doing value pricing that you really just can't ignore it. All right, my friends, there we have it. That is Implementing Value Pricing, a Radical Business Model for Professional Firms by Ron Baker. I really like this one. This is a different read for me because we usually talk about sales and marketing and from the perspective of more promotional things, innovation strategy. So it was nice to get a pricing book in here and talk about something that's really important for a lot of organizations. I myself, I've used value pricing for all of my career. I really like value pricing. I never really charged by the hour. So for me, this was just... It's always how I did business. It's just how I did it, and I saw a lot of value in doing it. So if you're currently charging by the hour, this is a great book for you to look deeper into. And there's some really good diagrams and some good examples in the book as well, too. But um, I really feel that I captured enough of the book for you to get enough information to understand if this was something that you wanted to move further into. And if this is something that you want to move further into, then you definitely want to look into value pricing a little bit more and go beyond just this book itself. So I'm interested to hear if some of you are charging by the hour, if you feel you can't get away from that, or if you're trying value pricing, if you've tried it, let me know. I'd love to hear about some of your experiences with working with value pricing and some of your opinions on it. Whether you like it or you hate it, I don't really care. I just want to hear from you guys. 
You guys, don't forget that if you want the written copy of this, the transcript of this episode, go to CutTheCrapPodcast.com. All I need is your first name, last name, and email address, and I'll make sure that you get access to that every single month. That's a wrap, my friends. Again, thank you so much for tuning in today. Don't forget to tune in on Thursday. We're talking to Ryan Lazanis from Zen Accounting. He's going to be talking more about implementing value pricing and how he did it in his firm to create competitive advantage. Can't wait to share that with you guys. Enjoy the rest of your week, and I'll talk to you guys on Thursday. Have a good one, you guys. Rise and shine. 6 a.m. and your hand can't make it to the alarm clock before the voices in your head start telling you that it's too early, too dark, and too cold to get out of bed. Aching muscles lie still in rebellion, pretending not to hear your brain commanding them to move. A legion of voices are shouting their unanimous permission for you to hit the snooze button and go back to dreamland. But you didn't ask their opinion. The voice you've chosen to listen to is one of defiance. A voice that says there was a reason you set that alarm in the first place. So sit up, put your feet on the floor, and don't look back because we've got work to do. Welcome to the grind. For what is each day but a series of conflicts between the right way and the easy way? 10,000 streams fan out like a river delta before you, each one promising the path of least resistance. Thing is, you're headed upstream. And when you make that choice, when you decide to turn your back on what's comfortable and safe and what some would call common sense, well, that's day one. From there, it only gets tougher. So just make sure this is something you want because the easy way out will always be there, ready to wash you away. All you have to do is pick up your feet. But you aren't going to, are you? With each step comes the decision to take another. You're on your way now, but this is no time to dwell on how far you've come. You're in a fight against an opponent you can't see, but oh, you can feel him on your heels, can't you? Feel him breathing down your neck. You know what that is? That's you. Your fears, your doubts, and insecurities all lined up like a firing squad, ready to shoot you out of the sky. But don't lose heart. While they're not easily defeated, they are far from invincible. Remember, this is the grind, the battle royale between you and your mind, your body and the devil on your shoulders telling you that this is just a game. This is just a waste of time. Your opponents are stronger than you. Drown out the voice of uncertainty with the sound of your own heartbeat. Burn away your self-doubt with a fire lit beneath you. Remember what we're fighting for and never forget that momentum is a cruel mistress. She can turn on a dime or the smallest mistake. She is ever searching for the weak place in your armor, that one tiny thing you forgot to prepare for. So as long as the devil is hiding the details, the question remains, is that all you got? Are you sure? And when the answer is yes, when you've done all you can to prepare yourself for battle, then it's time to go forth and boldly face your enemy, the enemy within. Only now you must take that fight into the open, into hostile territory. You're a lion in a field of lions, all hunting the same elusive prey with a desperate starvation that says victory is the only thing that can keep you alive. So believe that voice that says you can run a little faster and you can throw a little harder and that for you, the laws of physics are merely a suggestion. Luck is the last dying wish of those who want to believe that winning can happen by accident. Sweat, on the other hand, is for those who know it's a choice. So decide now, because destiny waits for no man. And when your time comes and a thousand different voices are trying to tell you you're not ready for it, listen instead to that lone voice of dissent. The one that says you are ready, you are prepared, it's all up to you now. So rise and shine.